Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of A Matter of Public Health. It's the podcasting service of the Kent County Health Department located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Today, January 28th, 2022. And joining me today is Dr. Adam London. We're going to discuss what's new, where we stand with the coronavirus with COVID-19. Doctor, thanks for joining me today. You are welcome, Steve. It's always an honor to talk to you uh, on a matter of public health. We, uh, I guess we'll get right to it. Where are we? Where do we stand? What, today's, what do today's numbers look like? Well, you know, I, I think where we stand is, is complicated. I think it's, it's a little bit of, of the best of times and the worst of times. I, I think things are, are really good right now in that we have vaccine that's readily available throughout the community. And it's astounding that as a nation and as a community, we've been able to pull that off in such short time. But that COVID vaccine is highly effective, it's very safe, and it's available pretty much everywhere in this community. That's fantastic. Where things are struggling right now is the reality of where we stay on cases. Because of this Omicron variant, we are still in a dark spot with the surge uh, in new cases. Right now, we're averaging about 1,074 new cases per day, and that's over the course of the last week. That's a little bit of progress from where things were at a week ago, two weeks ago, but that's still right at the, at the top of this peak that, that we need to come down from. That positivity rate is still up around 37%. We want to see that down below 3%. So we're still in a bad spot with positivity. And most tragically, we still have three to four deaths per day. We've lost over 1,200 Kent County residents to COVID during this pandemic. And we're losing three or four every day. And that's because our hospitals are still struggling. They still have a lot of people. We've got over 300 adults who are hospitalized right now, about 60 are on ventilators. And more concerning is that we've seen a big increase in the kids at the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital. At last check, there were 29 kids that were there with COVID. 21 of them were there because of COVID. That's what brought them in the doors to begin with. And eight or nine of them right now are on, on a ventilator. And this is more children than we've ever seen in the past. It is, by, by a long shot. So, um, you know, three or four months ago, we were seeing about 10 or 12 kids total with COVID hospitalized and two or three on event. And, and now, again, we're about three times higher than that. You know, one of the things I hear the arguments, people saying, well, this, this vaccine doesn't work and it doesn't, the COVID doesn't impact children. Yeah, both completely false. So the, the vaccine does work, but I think sometimes people don't understand what works means. And, and that there, I think, is an assumption that some people had that getting vaccinated means that there's a force field around you that's going to absolutely guarantee that you don't get sick. And if someone does get sick, that proves the vaccine doesn't work. That's not true. And that's never what we said about vaccine. What we have always said about vaccine is it trains your immune system to recognize the, the virus sooner, to respond to it quicker and more effectively. And in many cases, that does prevent infection, prevents illness altogether. However, it's, it is possible with COVID and other illnesses for someone to become ill, even if they are vaccinated. But they're far less likely to be severely ill than someone who's unvaccinated. In fact, the CDC had a report out last week that showed that unvaccinated people are 53 times more likely to die of COVID than vaccinated people are. And our hospitals are seeing that as well. That's remarkable. That's really a sobering number to think about. It's enormous. And I don't think people really understand the depth of what that means. Our hospitals see the same thing. The people who are on ventilators right now, the people who are the most ill right now, are, are incredibly 
disproportionately the unvaccinated. It usually ranges between 90 and 95% of the most severely people in our local hospitals are unvaccinated. So, you know, I, I don't know what else more to say about vaccine and its impact. Other than that, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there, but the reality is they're safe and they're incredibly effective at preventing severe illness. And it's not just this vaccine. We have a long history in public health of vaccines working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, one of the great success stories of the 20th century has been vaccines. You know, if you were to go on that time machine back to, uh, you know, 1922, one of the greatest fears that parents had at that time was they were going to lose their children to things like diphtheria, measles, smallpox, polio. Diphth- you know, the list was, was endless. Of all these, uh, all of these illnesses that were so catastrophic to children, and parents today, thank goodness, they don't worry about those things for the most part because vaccines have made them a, an artifact of the past for the most part. And uh, you know, I, I think we, as a society, we've lost track of that. We've been victims of our own success a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You have to be, and you and I have had this conversation. You have to be of a certain age before you can remember anyone who had been impacted by polio, for instance. I, I remember people, some of the elders in my community when I was growing up in, on crutches and with leg braces and that kind of thing. But I remember also my parents telling me, those days are gone. We, we had a vaccine, and, and that's why you took that vaccine, and you'll never have to worry about that. Yeah, you know, my, my daughter, uh, who's 12, uh, and I took a walk around one of our local cemeteries a while back, and, uh, you know, she was attracted to, you know, all of the, you know, the, the statuary and, and, and so many of the, the things that, that are present in the cemetery. And, and notice all of these little headstones for children buried next to parents and said, Daddy, why did all the babies die? And, you know, that's because during those times 100 years ago, diphtheria and smallpox and measles, mumps, uh, rubella, you know, pertussis, all of these things that, that were present there, they took an enormous toll, and into mortality rates were much, much higher than they are now because of this. We've been fortunate with COVID that it has not hit children in the same way that some of those diseases had, but hopefully uh, 100 years from now, people won't think much about COVID-19. I hope so, and, and I, hope, I hope that that's our, our future sooner than 100 years from now. I think all of us are exhausted. You know, we talk an awful lot about COVID fatigue, and I think the community is experiencing that. And just go out, and you, you see it everywhere. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the, the time is uh, approaching very quickly where where COVID is going to be one of just the, the background static of illnesses that are present w- with us every year. And we're going to need to manage it with vaccine. We're going to uh, need to manage it with, with best practice. Um, but the, the morbidity and mortality that the associated with it won't be what it has been because we will have immunity in our community from either vaccine or through acquired immunity, one or the other. You mentioned fatigue. I I certainly see it amongst the people I I speak with, and I work in this health department, so I I see a lot of it firsthand. But all of this has put a tremendous strain on the infrastructure of public health. How are your folks holding up? How How is this department holding up? It's tough. Just to be brutally honest, and I think that that's the case with healthcare workers throughout this community and everywhere. It's tough. And when I think back to two years ago when this first arrived, I think an awful lot of people here in this community 
in communities across the country rose up and they said, this might be bad, uh, but we're going to do everything in our power to make this a lot less bad than it could be and to save lives. And, you know, they've done that. When I look at the mortality rate here in Kent County and in places like Kent County compared to other places, it's lower. And when I look at the impacts and the, just the catastrophic effect that this has had, it's less here than it has been in a lot of places. And that has a lot to do with the fantastic people who work in public health and in health care in this community. Um, but the reality is it's been two long years, and, uh, and it's been tough. And they've worked really, really hard, poured uh, blood, sweat, and tears into that response. And, uh, and, and there's, you know, they're, they're still, I think, recovering and, and, and yet to begin the process of recovering in some cases. Uh, so that needs to be a focus for us here at this department and in other health care providers throughout the country is how do we take care of that health care workforce? How do we get them back and energized and focusing on the other priorities that also exist and have never gone away? So I think that's an issue that, that requires further dialogue at all levels. Uh, because this is something that affects our national security uh, and just the wellness of our neighborhoods and our homes and our families. You know, as I talk to some of my colleagues around here, I'm actually starting to notice uh, uh, the dawn of a brighter day attitude among some of them. We'll stop in the hallway if we pass each other and actually have conversations. I saw someone today I hadn't seen in months, and, and we caught up for about half an hour this morning. It was, it was really nice to be able to do that. Let's look forward a little bit. What does my spring look like? What does my summer look like? Are we going to have the ability to finally start putting this behind us? Is that, I, I realize your crystal ball is probably held up in, in, in shipping issues right now, but. Yeah, so I, I've, uh, I have disavowed myself of any thought that I had that, that I was a, uh, a good uh, predictor of what's going <laughs> to happen next. This is, there's been so many twists and turns in, in this pandemic. Uh, however, you know, we do need to come off this, this Omicron surge. And I expect that that's going to happen pretty quickly because of what we've seen in other parts of the world. I do think that we're getting very close to the what's being called the endemic reality of COVID, where COVID is one of those viruses that are always going to be with us. We can't eradicate this. Uh, but its impact, the, 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 the severity of waves of it is going to be much, much less than it has been. And it's going to be one of those things that causes illness. In some cases, may cause some severe illness. But those instances are going to be far, far fewer than what they have been. And so, we're we, yes, we are going to be able to get back to, quote, normal life uh, pretty soon, I think. I, I think, you know, we saw last summer, we saw the return of concerts and some of these things and sporting events. And I think we're going to see more of that happen. Uh, hopefully, you know, I think that's important that we do have a game plan and then we do have hope that we're going to get there soon. So, yeah, I, I think we're, we're, we're getting really close. Uh, but I, I do just caution people that we, we do need to remain vigilant here for a while, yet we still have an awful lot of people in our hospitals. And we're still, uh, you know, laying far too many people to rest because of COVID. So we're getting there, but not quite there yet. You know, as you read back through history, the end of the Black Plague brings us a renaissance. Uh, the end of the Spanish flu brings us the Roaring Twenties. Um, where do we go? You and I have talked about maybe it's time that, that there is a big party. What what gives you hope at this point? Yeah, well, you know, I think that does. I think 
Uh, it is true that m- in many cases, historically speaking, these sorts of catastrophic events, you know, they have silver linings. And, and I hope that we recognize some of those going forward. I hope that this causes uh, a renewed uh, vigor and interest in, in science and technology and in, in medical research. I, I hope that happens. I hope that from a, a national safety and security perspective, we can finally say that public health is important and that having laboratory capacity and having uh, the PPE capacity, having all of these things to support us so that when the next thing happens that's like this, we're far more prepared to handle it. But I do think also that, uh, that there may be um, a resurgence economically and in terms of, of vitality and culture. And I, and I hope that it gives us a perspective that, you know, life, life is short and life is beautiful and that we really do need to embrace it. Um, and hopefully we can do that together and we can set aside all of the polarity and the politics and just the, the junk that has kind of uh, muddied the waters around everything over the, the course of the past couple of years. I hope so as well. Dr. Adam London, he's the director of the Kent County Health Department. Thank you for joining us today on a matter of public health. And to you folks, our valued listeners, thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for more of these episodes. You can get a matter of public health wherever you get your podcasts.